I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me once again in the book of Ephesians as we have the privilege today of closing out this important letter to this important church in an important city in the Roman world. We have been walking over the last number of weeks through the book of Ephesians. We've been examining what Paul had to say to the believers that were gathered in the city of Ephesus and also by nature to us as well as we think about what it means to be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, what it means for Christ Jesus to save us, to transform us, and then to use us in this world in which we find ourselves. And so as we get ready to walk through this last part of Ephesians, I want to ask you this question. Maybe you will remember this. I know I vividly remember cartoons on Saturday morning. I remember watching cartoons and there was this play that was always going on where you saw one of the characters who was in some type of precarious situation, whether they would choose to make the right decision or they would make the wrong decision, in that moment, up would pop on each shoulder either an angel or a demon. And there was this battle that was taking place in their minds at this point in time, the character of whether they were going to do the right thing or whether they were going to do the wrong thing. Do you remember that? I know it's not PC anymore to talk about that kind of stuff, right? We can't do that. But I remember that vividly. I remember seeing that take place. And as a little kid, I'll be honest with you, I was a bit terrified. I was like, when's that going to happen to me? When am I going to see those things pop up in the mirror and look and go, oh no, here we go. But what it did was it kind of brought something to mind. You know, for many of us, the temptation in the Christian life, the temptation in the world, when it comes to talking about spiritual warfare, when it comes to talking about spiritual things like what we're going to talk about here in Ephesians chapter 6, there's typically one of two responses, Response number one is for just an overt fascination with spiritual warfare to the point that it becomes obsessive and there's a demon behind every flat tire. And let me just tell you, you got a flat tire because there's a nail in it. Or for teenagers, there's a demon behind every breakout on your face. You're like, Satan's punishing me, I know that. No, you just need to wash your face. <laughs> what are y'all like, Pastor Michael, that was not nice. But that's what I'm trying to communicate to you, that there's this overt fascination with it. Everything is going on. And, and then there's the opposite extreme of that. The opposite extreme is to not really think about spiritual matters, spiritual warfare at all. Kind of to just stick your head in the sand and pretend that there is not a spiritual battle that is currently taking place in this world in which we live because what we're going to see this morning in the text is that there is. 
We have to pay attention to the reality of that. We're going to unpack that this morning. And I don't think it's by accident that Paul, as he is getting ready to close out the letter to this church in Ephesus, really takes a 30,000 foot view of what's going on in the world around us as believers. And so as we look at the text this morning, I want to read it together and then I want us to walk back through it together. This is what Paul writes beginning in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak." so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see. You would open our ears that we would be able to hear. And that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. As we look at the text this morning, I want you to write down this main idea that will frame our time together, and it's this truth, every day of the Christian life is a spiritual battle, and we have everything we need in Jesus Christ to fight and win this daily battle. Now, as I told you before, 
I think for me, the very first time this came alive, this idea of spiritual warfare, the fact that we are in a spiritual battle, it came alive for me when I read a novel by the novelist Frank Peretti, a Christian writer, and the title of the book was In This Present Darkness. And as a teenager, for the very first time, I started thinking and realizing that there was more to the story than just what we see with our eyes in everyday life. And then in seminary, I took a class on C.S. Lewis and read his book, The Screwtape Letters, where if you've never read that, is a fascinating read. In fact, he wrote this book in honor of J.R.R. Tolkien, who was the writer of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And so C.S. Lewis wrote this book and dedicated it to him. But it's a fascinating story of a senior demon who is seeking to mentor his nephew, And it plays out in the course of people's lives, and it's fascinating to watch this take place. So for me, at that moment, I look and I realize, man, there is more to the story than just what we see. Now, for some of you right now, you are freaked out. You are thinking, what is about to happen here? And I want you to recognize and understand that in this important letter, Paul has walked us through what it means for Jesus Christ to transform our lives. What it means for us to go from being God's enemies to being God's children. What it means to go from being object of God's wrath to objects of his grace and his mercy, ready to receive the inheritance that's laid up for us because of what Christ has accomplished on our behalf. We've seen Paul in the first three chapters of the book of Ephesus remind us over and over again, here is your identity in Christ. This is what Christ has done to renovate your heart and to transform your life. And then he's followed up by saying, in light of your new identity in Christ, here is the way that you should live your life. Here is the impact that that should have in your relationships. Here's the impact it should have in the church. Here's the impact that it should have in the culture at large. And as Paul is getting ready to close out this letter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, delves into this idea that we as believers are engaged daily in a spiritual battle. It's interesting at this point in time, for Paul, Paul is imprisoned. In fact, Paul is chained to a Roman soldier at this moment. And so what we're going to see detailed out for us in preparation for the spiritual battle that we're going to engage in, I cannot help but think, and most scholars believe that as Paul is writing this, he is looking at this Roman soldier that he's chained to, and he's saying, we as believers need to prepare for battle just like this soldier has. We need to dress for the occasion. We need to prepare mentally for what this is going to look like. And as Paul is writing the book of Ephesians and getting ready to close it out under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, what he gives us is a peek behind the curtain of the cosmic battle between good and evil that is taking place. 
giving us a glimpse ever so briefly but powerfully of what's actually being engaged in even as we sit in this room right now. And so I want you to take note of this first truth as we look at verses 10 and 12 this morning. If we're going to effectively fight the daily spiritual battles in our lives, we must first recognize that there is a battle that is taking place. You know, counselors tell you that to be able to actually get help in a situation, you first have to what? Admit there's a problem. Now here's what I want us to understand at this point in time. We cannot as believers stick our head in the sand and pretend that what Paul writes about is just something fancy he's writing to this group of believers that doesn't apply to us. In fact, it does. And what Paul wants us to understand in these first two verses is that there is a spiritual battle that is taking place. What he's saying to the believers in Ephesus is open your eyes and recognize and understand that you are daily engaged in a spiritual battle in this world. So he says to them in verse 10, finally, as he's getting ready to close out, as he's getting ready to end this letter, he tells us later at the very end of the letter that he's sending a brother to them that will encourage them and share everything that's going on in Paul's life at this point in time. But he says here, finally, at the end, after I've told you who you are because of what Christ has done in your life, and I've told you that this is how you are to live out the Christian life, finally, let me pull back the curtain and help you see something that you need to understand. He says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Now, if this next phrase was not in there, we would, temply, we would think, I'm just supposed to be strong. Like in my own strength and in my own power, I'm just supposed to step up be a man, be a woman, supposed to gut it out through the Christian life. But that's not what he's saying here. Notice what he says. In the strength of his might. I've told you that one of the things Paul wants us to understand is our identity in Christ because that gives us the strength, that is the source by which we are enabled to live out the Christian life. We can't do it in our own strength and in our own power. And once again, he reminds us in this spiritual battle in which we're engaged in, we have to be strong in the Lord, not in our own strength and in our own power, but in the strength of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. Well, what do you need armor for if there's not a battle? If there's not a battle, you don't need armor. But what Paul wants us to understand is there is absolutely a battle that is being waged right now. 
There is a war that is taking place in this world in which we live, and we were simply just small pieces of the puzzle in a grander scale of what's going on. And what Paul says here is, put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Church, I want you to know something this morning. We have an enemy who is doing everything that he can day in and day out to prevent God's work in this world from moving forward. Now here's what I want you to understand though. Here's what's so strange about it. Here's what's so perplexing about it is we know that Jesus Christ has already defeated Satan on the cross and by his resurrection. This is not a battle that we don't know how it ends. We know that Jesus Christ, Paul has already given us that glimpse in chapter one. He's already said that it is at every knee will bow at the name of Jesus Christ, that he has all rule and all authority and all reign. But I want you to know this, that for this season in which we find ourselves, though Jesus Christ is victorious, though we as being part of the family of God, stand in victory with him, that at this moment in time, the Lord has allowed Satan to be on a leash, to seek to do everything that he can to thwart God's plan and God's purpose, to distract God's people, to discourage us from fulfilling the mission that God has given us to fulfill. We have an enemy that is doing everything possible with the demons at his disposal to keep God's plan and purpose, the gospel of Jesus Christ transforming lives and hearts from taking place. Paul says, put on the whole armor of God that you would be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. He is a schemer. He is deceptive. We saw that take place in Genesis chapter 3 as he tempted Adam and Eve in the garden. And notice his temptation of them is very simply, are you going to trust God or are you going to trust yourself? Doesn't that fruit look good? Don't you want to take and partake of it? Don't you want to be wise and know good and evil like God knows it? He's a schemer. And we have to prepare ourselves. We have to take note that there is a battle that is taking place. Notice in verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You know, if we're not careful as believers, we will look around and we'll think people that don't know Jesus Christ are the enemy. They are not the enemy. Paul says here that the enemy is a spiritual enemy. 
It is not flesh and blood. Now, don't be mistaken at this point in time and think that unbelievers don't engage with the enemy to seek to bring about plans and purposes to thwart what God is doing. That absolutely happens. But our battle is not with flesh and blood. In fact, for us as believers, our responsibility, God has called us to look at people as Jesus looked at them, to see that they are sheep without a shepherd, to see that people that don't know Jesus are going to act like people that don't know Jesus. Well, what changes? They meet Jesus. Well, who has the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ? We as the church do. And it is incumbent upon us to recognize that people are not our enemy, people are in desperate need of transformation like what we've experienced because of what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. At this point in time, Paul, to this group of believers who are in a city that is very hostile to the gospel of Jesus Christ, but God is doing a miraculous work anyway. He is peeling the curtain back for them to know that they are engaged daily in a spiritual battle. Not against the people who are seeking to oppose them, not against the rulers who are seeking to overthrow what they're doing, not against those who would seek to persecute Christianity, but that we are engaged in a spiritual battle. And at this point in time, church, we too are engaged in a spiritual battle. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, I want you at this point in time to adopt what John Piper calls a wartime mentality. One of the things being a student of history, majoring in history in college is reading through the things that transpired when our nation experienced war. Some of you lived through those days and you saw the entire nation collectively rearrange their lives so that they could either go and fight in a war or so that they could assemble the needs, the goods that had to be utilized to fight in the war. If you remember the phrase, we need you, it was utilized by our nation, to help everybody recognize and see that there is a war that is taking place and we need you engaged in the battle. Christian, let me say to you this morning, there is a war that is taking place, spiritually speaking, and you need to be engaged in the battle. Adopt a wartime mentality. Recognize the war that is taking place. Be prepared. Well, how do we prepare ourselves? I'm glad you asked that because Paul tells us, beginning in verse 13 and walking down through verse 17, I want you to notice the second truth. If we're going to effectively fight the daily spiritual battles in our lives, we must dress appropriately for the battle. Now think about what's taking place here at this point in time. Paul has given us this big picture that there is a battle spiritually that is taking place for you and for me. Every single one of us is engaged in that battle. 
So how do we as believers prepare ourselves for the battle? Well, Paul says for us, we are to put on the full armor of God. We are to dress for the battle. Now at this point in time, Paul is sitting next to, likely chained to a Roman soldier. He is looking at a display in that moment. Here is what a soldier looks like. This is what a soldier wears when they're prepared for battle. And so for you and for me as followers of Jesus this morning, Paul is saying not only to the believers in Ephesus, but to us as well, here is what you need to put on. Here's what the full armor of God looks like. You need armor to enter the battle. And here Paul says, here is the armor you need to put on. I want you to notice that there are six items that Paul names here as we begin in verse 13. He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Verse 14, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. So if you're taking notes, that is the first item of armor that Paul says for these believers in Ephesus and for us that we should put on the belt of truth. Well, what's Paul talking about at this point? Well, if you were to look at a Roman soldier, you would recognize that they would have worn an outer garment called a tunic. It looked kind of like a paper sack that they would have worn. And when it was time to prepare for battle, that they would have, you've heard this phrase probably before, girded their loins. Heard that? They would have taken this long tunic and they would have wrapped it up and they would have put a belt on that would have held the tunic in place for what purpose? So that they could get down to business. That they could battle. That they would be prepared and be mobile and be able to function as a soldier needed to function. And here, Paul says for us as believers that we are to also gird our loins. We are to prepare ourselves for battle by fastening on the belt of truth. Truth is important in God's kingdom. Satan is a schemer and a deceiver, but our God is a God of truth. We have as his people to prepare ourselves with the truth of who God is and who we are in light of who he is. Where do we find truth? Well, primarily we find truth in God's word. God's word is truth. For us as believers, our standard is always the Word of God. 
Our standard for truth without compromise is what God's word tells us. For us as believers, we have to, I've said this over and over, church, remain tethered to God's word. God's word serves as the truth. For us as believers, even in a world that is often hostile to the truth of God's word, not only is God's word truth, God's Son is truth. In fact, He tells us that He is the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father apart from His Son. And you may be here this morning, and for you, the spiritual battle in this moment that you are engaged in is a battle for your very soul. You've never taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. And for you, this morning is an opportunity to step out of the kingdom of darkness, to step out of your sins, to receive the righteousness that Jesus Christ alone can provide you through His life, His death, His resurrection, that you would be forgiven of your sins, that you would be brought into the family of God. As we gather this morning, church, we gather on the truth of who Jesus Christ is. We gather on the truth of God's word that we have. We as believers must stand having fastened on the belt of truth. Not only that, Paul says, the second item is that we would put on the breastplate of righteousness. For a Roman soldier, not only would they have prepared themselves for battle by putting on the belt there, they would have also prepared themselves for battle by putting on what we would know as a bulletproof vest, except they didn't have bullets at that point in time. So they would have put on some type of Garment. It may have been leather, it may have been made of chains that were woven together, but it was something that would have protected their heart, their lungs, the important items that are in their stomach. It would have protected them at this point. And for us, that's exactly the image that Paul is portraying here. That we as believers are to put on not only the belt of truth, but also, he says here, that breastplate of righteousness. Now here's what we know, what God's word has already told us, what Paul has reminded us is that in Christ we have received Christ's righteousness imputed, credited to our account. But here what he wants us to understand is that for us daily God has called us to walk in obedience with him. So daily, we have to saturate our minds with the truth of God's word, with the truth of who Jesus Christ is, but we also have to commit ourselves to walk in righteousness, to walk in obedience to the Lord in our daily lives, and that is what Paul wants us to grasp here. If we are going to prepare for battle, we must be committed as he's already demonstrated for us in his word. To walk in obedience to the Lord. Having put on the breastplate 
of righteousness. I want you to notice beginning in verse 15, this third item that he gives us. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. So not only does he talk about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, but here he talks about shoes. That we are to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. So for a Roman soldier, one of the greatest things that they would have had that many would not have had is actual boots. Leather that would have covered all the way up to their knees and on the bottom of the soles they would have had animal bones or pottery or something like that that was fixed in there so that when they got ready to charge or when they were climbing up a hill that they would actually have traction on their feet. And for us as believers, he equates this for us as shoes for your feet that resemble the readiness given by the gospel of peace. What is Paul talking about here? What is it that for us as believers, as we're engaged in the spiritual battle, enables us to find firm footing? To be able to climb and to move forward, what is it that provides that for us? Well, he says here it is the gospel of peace. Now, some have looked at that and said that that's about us being busy sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's important, but that's not what he's saying here. This gospel of peace that he is identifying here, that he is reminding believers of, is what Christ has done in our lives. That for us as followers of Jesus Christ, we are at peace with God, not because of anything that we were able to do, but all because of what Christ has done for us. We are able to have sure footing in this spiritual battle, not because of the shoes that we're wearing that we developed on our own dime, but it is because of the shoes that Christ Jesus has developed for us gospel of Jesus Christ that makes it possible for us to have peace with God. Verse 16, he journeys in to this next item. The fourth one, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. There were two types of shields that Roman soldiers would have utilized. One is what I would call the Captain America shield. Smaller shield that was a circle that would have some type of leather affixed to the back of it that you would have held like this and protect yourself. But the shield that he's talking about here is a much larger shield. Two and a half feet wide or three feet wide by four and a half to five feet tall. It was the shield that would have been at the front of the army that the archers would have been able to sneak behind so that when the arrows were coming towards them, they were protected and then they could pop up and they could shoot their arrows back at the enemy. Notice what he says here. This Shield of faith enables you to extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. So believer, what I want you to recognize is that Satan is on the attack in your life. 
that daily he is shooting fiery darts of temptation your way. And if you walk out into the battlefield without the shield here, he says, of faith, well, what is that faith in? That is faith in Jesus Christ. You say, here's the important thing. We talk about this issue of faith. Faith is only as good as the object that your faith is in. Well, for us as followers of Jesus Christ, the object of our faith is not ourselves. The object of our faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only one who is deserving of our faith. And He is the only one who can protect us in the battle. It says in verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. This is the fifth item that he gives us here. Now for us, we look at helmets and we think something that's metal, and oftentimes they were. In fact, I, I just want a helmet from a Roman soldier. Anybody else? I mean, they look amazing. They have cheek guards. They have nose guards. I mean, it, was, it would have gone down. It would have covered the neck. I mean, it was an incredible piece of machinery that a Roman soldier would have placed on themselves. And here he says for us as believers that we are to take the helmet of salvation. What is it for us that enables us to fight the enemy? Well, it is simply what Christ Jesus has done in our lives. We stand not on our own strength, in our own power. We're covered not because of what we have accomplished. We are covered because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And then lastly, this last item, the sixth one. He says here, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of of God. It's the first item that he's mentioned that is an item that can be used aggressively. Every other item is an item of protection, but this is the one that is different than that. This was not the long sword that many of you may think about. This would have been a smaller sword. It would have been a personal weapon that soldiers would have had for close quarters combat. And so at this point in time, what he's getting at is for us as we are engaged daily in the battle, we need an offensive weapon. What is that weapon for us as believers? That weapon is the word of God. Where do we see that weapon deployed in scripture where it actually accomplishes something? Well, we see it with Jesus as he's being tempted by Satan in the desert. We see that Jesus quotes from the scriptures three times in response to Satan's attack against him. Think about this. All three of the verses of scripture that he utilizes are from, guess what book of the Bible? Deuteronomy. In your Bible reading, you probably got lost in Leviticus. You didn't even get to Deuteronomy, right? But I want us to know something this morning. For us as believers, God's word gives us everything that we need. 
to defend and to attack the enemy. And here, he says for us, we are to put on the full armor of God. Notice verse 18. I want you to notice this last truth. If we are to effectively fight the daily spiritual battles in our lives, we must remain alert during the battle. It says in verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making all supplication for the saints and also for me that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. How do we remain alert in the battle? We prepare ourselves by making sure we know a battle's taking place. We prepare ourselves by putting on the full armor of God. But here, we stay alert, Paul says, in prayer. John Piper says it this way, that prayer is the wartime walkie-talkie for the believer. That for us as believers who are engaged in a spiritual battle, prayer is our lifeline. It taps us into the one who has all authority. It puts us in touch with our general. It puts us in touch with our victorious Savior. For us as believers, we must depend, we must give ourselves in this battle in which we engage in to prayer. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me and to close your eyes this morning. As our worship team makes their way back up and as we have an opportunity to respond to the Lord. Maybe you've come in this morning and for you, as I said earlier, the spiritual battle that's being engaged in in your life right now is whether or not you will surrender your life to Jesus Christ to be forgiven of your sins and brought in right relationship with your heavenly father. If you've never taken that step, I'd encourage you this morning before the Lord right now to wave the white flag of surrender in your life. To admit that you are a sinner who is absolutely powerless to save yourself from sin and that you need a savior and that you believe Jesus Christ the very son of God who came to this earth lived a sinless and perfect life took your sins upon the cross and paid for them there died and rose again that you believe that he is the savior that you need you ask him now to save you of your sin, to come in, to make his home in your life. Maybe you're here this morning and for you, you haven't really thought a whole lot about this idea of preparing for spiritual battle. 
But right now you realize that you have been walking day in and day out unprepared. But you want that to change today. You have an opportunity this morning to today make the commitment that God, I am going to prepare for the battle. I'm going to dress for the occasion. I'm going to depend on you entirely. Maybe you have experienced that battle. Maybe you've come in this morning battle-weary, struggling, wondering if you could take another step. Maybe for you this morning, you just need to come and to meet with the Lord. To spend some time in prayer on your knees before Him. Father, we ask today that you would work in our hearts and our lives. That you would open our eyes to see the reality around us. That as believers, you would prepare us and help us to prepare ourselves to engage in this battle. And when we grow weary, when we feel like we can't take another step, God, would you help us to turn to you, to receive the strength that only you can provide. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Would you stand? Would you sing with us this morning? If you need to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'd love to talk with you. You need to spend some time in prayer before the Lord this morning. Our altar is open. You come.